0: new, and something different, and something fresh about, of worship, Lord, and how much you love it that we worship you, Lord. Um, would you open our eyes, Lord, Father, and would you work in our hearts, Lord, and just come and shift our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you want true worshippers, Lord, and may we be the people that today say, Lord, we want to worship you fully, Lord, with our lives, Lord. Amen. Amen. Cool stuff. So, I think starting with worship off and sharing a bit about worship in, in not just in, in general, but in my own life, I think it's a good place to start. And I remember the first time I experienced worship was actually in the church. Um, bit of context, I, in grade 11, I was in a school called Boys' Eye in Paul. Um, not everyone likes that school, but it's, a, it's an awesome school. I got saved in that time as well, so it's a good remembrance. But in, in that time, I was kind of part of the, of, of the rapi group or the stark like I wasn't the stark like uh, guy. I was more the middle guy. So if the big guys would, would, um, would usually be the big rapi guys, and if there's anyone that would mess with me, I would usually tell the boykies, like, the sort I owe oh, I, I like any, And then they would come, and I would usually be the middle guy making all the nonsense and, and stuff but in this time i was completely lost i remember this one day i i remember my girlfriend um, left me i remember i had very bad point marks at the same day and i remember at the same day one of my very good friends um, spoke behind my back and it was just a complete awful day and it, there was this one nerd that always um is actually in in, in this church in the morning congregation and and I remember almost every break. Um, sometimes, on, usually on Wednesdays, because that was usually the time of, of youth, that we had a youth like this, but just youth coming together and worshipping God. Um, but especially Wednesdays, he would come and invite me to youth. And I remember that day was a Wednesday, and he came and I saw him in break time walking um, towards me, and I remember thinking, if this guy is going to invite me, to this youth. I'm going to slap him. He's not going to be lacquer. <laughs> and I really, I'm really, really not this for this. And I remember, obviously, he, he invited me to youth and I thought, let's just give this guy a chance and everything. And then eventually ended up going to youth. And there I had my first encounter of what really worship looks like. Um, I, was completely, I was, it was completely new for me. There was people... On the ground worshipping the Lord, people rolling up and down, people like, that speak to the walls. I don't know, it looked like they speak to the walls and everything, almost like Jewish guys speaking to the walls. But it was so, it was so new for me and I couldn't understand it. And I remember in that moment, I know it was very weird for me and it was very um, unique for me. But I know that the people that were there that, that night in worship... They loved the Lord and they lived different lives. There was just something different about them. And on that day, I couldn't, I couldn't deny what Jesus was doing in that place. And even that same night, the Lord, um, the Lord completely touched my heart. I gave my whole life to Him and I surrendered my life to Him. And from that day on, I just, the Lord just completely changed sh- 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 my life and everything in it. Um, obviously, I am, I, do, I, I am a bit of a sinner now and then, but the Lord comes and He comes and renew our minds every day. Um, yeah, and I remember that day was quite special for me, um, where the Lord showed me that worship um, is, is different. And as I got to know Jesus and a, being in a relationship with Him, I got to know how worship is actually different in our lives. And it's not just a Wednesday thing or a Sunday thing, but it's actually a daily thing that we live our daily and as you grow in the Lord, obviously you start to invite people to uh, worship sessions and to churches. And I remember this one time I invited one of my big friends at school to this worship, but he was very conservative. So every time we would go, every time I would go and invite him to a, a church service or everything. I don't know if you guys invited someone ever before, but. You everything in you just praise and trust the Lord that that person would just get saved. That's all you want. But there are a few things that happens at church, unfortunately, like the ribbon dancing and the no, the no, and Afrikaans where no. those things happen. And I remember inviting that guy to church. And I just thought, Lord, that lady that's doing the ribbon dancing, please, if she's gonna eat him. He's not gonna be like, he's gonna freak out, and the whole is gonna be messed up, and it wouldn't be worth inviting him. But I remember in the worship session, Vrahtan I worshipped Tani, stand also, and say, She didn't even have a, a lint that time or a ribbon, she actually used a jacket, which was even worse. <laughs> and, I got, I, I got a, a ribbon dancing meet one time with the, you know, the knoopy part, the, the, almost the steel aluminium part of it, on, on my left cheek, and I know it's not blacker, but I remember that that, that, that uh, ribbon missed you just like that, that jacket missed him just like that, and eventually he got saved, and the Lord changed his heart. But I remember in the time of worship, it's really where the Lord changed my life, and and I believe for us, if we understand worship and we understand God's heart regarding worship, um, we're gonna we're gonna d- live different lives. And I trust the Lord that today He will really shift something in our lives about worship. But before we before we start with with what is worship, I we just like to share what is worship not. Okay, worship is not the 30 40 minutes in in a service this time that we had in worship where we praise and worship the lord worship is not just that okay that's the first thing the second thing is worship is not a slow song okay all the romantic guys (laughs) worship is not a slow song okay it's not that last two three songs usually the last two three songs of um, worship it would be more slower songs like we did at the end that's not just worship okay it's part of worship but it's not just worship and the last thing is worship doesn't just happen on a wednesday at community or on cell group or on sunday or even worship doesn't just happen in your quiet times at 30 20 minutes however long you spend time with the lord that that alone is not worship worship is a lifestyle it's something that we that's a reflection of what happens when we do have that community time and that Sunday time. And I thought just, you know, we can share a lot of things of what is worship and what is worship not. But out of my own life, I just thought writing down three things that I thought out of my own life, this is what worship means to me. And I, and I really trust that, that this would um, touch your heart and that the Lord would speak to you in this as well. And I think the first thing... I don't know if it's on the board or anything But the first thing is True worship Touches the heart of God And it moves the hand of God I really believe in my own heart That I've seen When we worship God It really touches His heart And it it moves His hand And I'm going to go through the one scripture Just to emphasize what I'm saying And it's in Matthew 26 Verse 6 to 13 If we can read that first to see why worship touches the heart of god and moves out of god matthew matthew 26 verse 6 to 13 um and it says um well just a bit of context jesus is spending almost his last night um before he got crucified um and they are in a house in bethany and i'm going to read it to you guys so now when jesus was at bethany in the house of simon the leper A woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me for you always have the poor with me but you will not always have me in pouring this ointment on my body she has done it to prepare me for burial truly i say to you whoever wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world what she has done will always be told in memory of her and i think Looking at that scripture first, this woman, really not a, a, a woman with a lot of money, but she has this alabaster jar, and a lot of us know this story. But in this moment, she catches something about Jesus and who He is, and she takes the most precious thing that she has in her life, everything that she almost has that, that brings value to her life, if we look at it in a worldly sense. And she breaks this jar open, and she says, Jesus, basically, Jesus, you're worth my everything. You're worth giving up this thing and she washes his feet and everybody is looking like what on earth is she doing she's giving this away she could have sold it for more, more money but Jesus actually said and, and, and it's such a beautiful thing wherever the gospel is proclaimed this lady is remembered and it just shows you that Jesus there's something that touches the heart of God when we give everything up in our lives and this, there's this beautiful quote that I heard from a guy um, His name is Dennis Ignatius. It's um, Enrico Ignatius, rather now I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) It's Dennis Ignatius. Um, And he says, when we worship God, we break spiritual jars of perfume over Jesus. The fragrance of our worships fills the whole earth and it touches the heart of God. Isn't that beautiful that I really believe, like Jesus just told us about this woman, giving everything up. It really touches his heart and I believe in us in, in amongst us there are things in our lives that are valuable to us but when we come and when we bring those things before the Lord I think our worship and our times on Sundays if we do those things in the week and lay those things down in the week our worships, worship times would look different even on a Sunday when we actually worship them with music I really believe that and the second scripture to emphasize my point of worship touches the heart of God is in Acts 16, verse 22, verse 31. It says the so context again. So Paul and Silas is reaching out to people. They're sharing the gospel. And they, they come in this, this certain part and they're sharing the gospel. Their hearts are completely, we want to give the gospel freely to people. We don't want anything from anyone. We're coming in, in, in um, basically, in peace. And we just want to share about Jesus. And as they shared about Jesus, this was happened afterwards. The crowd joined in attacking them. And the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailers to keep them safety. Just pause there. Um, yeah, you can just pause there. So, I don't know about you, but... In those times, if you do a bit research of when they, if you go and look a bit more in your, there's, there's a, um, a few study bibles that you get when you read like an ESV bible, or you get all con- all kinds of different. And if you go and look and do a bit of history of how many hits they got hiten, if you if, if you got hiten like that, it's usually 39 times that you are being hiten because you are being warned basically. And 40 times is actually I'm speaking under correction, but. Usually, 40 times is when you get a death sentence. Here. So, imagine now, just imagine you are sharing this gospel to this place. You are not expecting anything from these people, obviously, to give their lives to Jesus. And people break out and start to attack you and start to hit you. And I think after being thrown in jail, the jail is called, the jail is not a lack of place. And they are being hit and their clothes are being torn off. And they are sitting now in the jail and actually pain and I don't think I don't think anyone I don't think they really want to worship God basically in this place right now. I don't know about you but I wouldn't feel like being I would feel like God, why are you putting me in this place? And it says and when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailers to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened and fastened. When the jailers woke and saw that the prison doors were opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. He could just pause there. And I just want you guys to see what's happening at the moment. Um, They are sitting with burned heads and everything. And there's actually another translation that says that while they were singing hymns, the prisoners were listening. They They were quiet. And it's so beautiful that in this pain and in this suffering, in this time of not really want to worship God at all, yet they still do it. And I can just think, you know, Sharing the gospel and, and coming into this place and ending up like this and still worshiping the Lord. It must have moved something in God's heart. And we see how, how the, doors, the prison doors were opened. Yeah, basically, God, God broke, broke the, the prison jails open and He showed up. And it must have moved something in God's heart. It must have done something amazing in His heart. And I think, in the, that I, I think a lot of times we worship God. In the good times and in the times that we are happy and that we are maybe in love and maybe doing good with our exams or our work life is doing better than it used to be. But when it comes to the difficult times of at, at looking at that times when we truly want to worship God, and I think we'll, we'll only understand when we get to those times, but I want to encourage you that... That God is not just looking for worshippers that will worship in the good times, but He's wor- looking for worshippers that even in these times, if you look at Paul and Silas' love, like those things are the things that touches the heart of God when we lay down the things that we think belong to us and the rights that we have in this world. And, yo, I think while we are speaking about worship, I want to encourage you like while you're sitting here a lot of times when we speak about something in church we think about yes i hope really hope and there's even in my mind a few people i wish this person heard this thing yes i wish this person experienced what we're experiencing tonight about worship and about god's presence but i want to encourage you like like we said with the chocolate example open your heart and let god do something completely new in your heart that that worship would really become a different thing in your life. And you are here for a reason. You're not here of a mistake or by coincidence. You are here because God wants you here. And He wants you to live a life of worship. So know that your worship unto God is really, it touches His heart. And it moves His heart. It moves His heart really does. The second thing is, what I believe worship is, um, your worship will look like or will be a result of the encounters and the revelation of Jesus. Your worship will be the result of the revelation you have of Jesus. I really believe that our worship, especially on a Sunday, like I said, is basically a reflection of what we, what we, how we encounter Jesus. And the way that we see worship will actually change in the way that we encounter the love of Jesus. And really, I remember, Leonard, you shared on, two years ago on worship and how Worship is actually the moment that you see Jesus and you experience His presence. Everything that comes from your mouth from that place is worship. And I really believe that we are not just a group of people that just wants to worship God and glorify Him. But we would be a people that being, that by being changed in our times of worship. That would be shifted in our times of worship. That God would do something in our hearts of worship and He would show something new to us. In Matthew 16 verse 13 it says... Now when Jesus came into the district of the Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And, and Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon bar Job, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will, yeah, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. But, but Jesus, what he actually is saying is that the thing that I will build my church on, and the one thing that I want, to build, I want you to build your life on, is the revelation of Jesus. And, and coming back to what we said, that your worship will, will truly be a result of, of your worship and your encounters with Jesus. That we would be a people that live from a place of intimacy with Jesus. And, and in fact, this is actually such a good example for us as a church. The way that we see Jesus in our church, in us as a church together, would actually show something of, of what we see about Jesus and what we believe about him. And I thought I thought of just of just highlighting a few examples of in the Bible of people who worship God not only just with music. Because I think a lot of times we of, we compare our times of worship with about playing music and you know, singing songs, but worship is more than that. And I would actually like to use a few people in the Bible that I've seen living lives of worship. And the first person is Abraham, and his his example. And Abraham Abraham is known as the guy not just the father of faith, but he's also known in the Bible about the man who waited very long for a son. And and we see in the Bible how his wife Sarah took a long time to to give birth to a child and eventually um, um, Abraham gets a child from another woman and we see how this wasn't really the will of God this wasn't really what he planned but God still used it for his purposes and for his good And but then we see after, after um, Sarah after a well, while in her 90s we see how she, for the first time um, they actually see God answering their prayers of getting a son Isaac and I, I can't imagine how it must even be of you've been waiting so long for a son or, or a daughter, but a child just to, just to show something to, uh, to just to teach and bring something through and bring a new generation forth. But I can think how Abraham must have waited so long about God and God did promise him that he will get a son. And then and in his 90s, obviously he obviously raised up his son and, um, and teached him a lot of things, but I, I, I can't imagine how much he must have loved his son and, and waiting so long for his son to come. But then we see after a while where Jesus, uh, God is actually saying to Abraham, I want you to lay down your son and I actually want you to sacrifice him. And by that being said, actually killing your son as a sacrifice to me. Yes, so guys, I think that must have been so difficult. Like coming to a place where you've been waiting so long for... A child, And then at a place, God expects you of actually laying down your son and actually sacrificing him. And I'm, I don't want to use the example, but I want to use the example about... Imagine Leonard and Carla, you know, giving birth to the twins. And coming and Leonard and Carla raises up his two daughters. And at one stage, God asks for Leonard. Leonard, I want you to sacrifice your one child to me, your one daughter. That must, have, That must be so difficult. And I can just i can 't even imagine what Abraham must have felt and thought at that moment, but yet he still said, Lord, I think he basically thought like lord you 're going to raise up this child, maybe, but in faith he laid down his son, and yo, I think in that moment, I think he then must have stood still for a moment there, and God must have must, he must have said like yo look at my servant Abraham, look of what he does, and eventually we see how God stops Abraham and he basically says to him, don't worry, don't, don't kill your son. This thing, this thing that you've done, it proves me of your faithfulness and it proves me of what, you've, what you're willing to do for me. And I really think we can look at Abraham's life and, and learn from his life of that sometimes God is going to, when you give your hands up and you say, Lord, I'm following you, Jesus, there are all going to be things in our life that Jesus is going to ask for you to lay down. It might not be a child, but it will be something that's very close to you. But in that time, may you truly understand God's heart of worship, and that you would know that in those times, that Jesus is actually wanting you to lay down everything in your life. And He is going to put your fingers in your life on certain things in your life. And the second thing is, we see David's life. David is known in the Bible as a man of God's own heart. Imagine God telling you, this is a man or woman after my own heart. This, I, I would love that. I would do anything if God could tell me, you're a man, Kington, King, you're a man after my own heart. And we see even, even in David's life, how he lives so purposefully for God and lives a life of worship with God, that even when he, he was, a, he was actually a musical guy, and even when he worships God when he, and, and he sings, he would drive out demons, the Bible says. And I'm thinking like, Yes sir, this guy must have been living a life of worship. Imagining we call up Nick and say, Nick, you know, we've got a few people with demons here. Come and worship them out here. Eh? Yeah. Yes sir, it would be so awesome just seeing a people living so fully like David that when they worship, they drive out demons. Um, um, yuck, that was Oh, that must be awesome. Like living a life of worship. And I believe these people are no different from us. They were broken people, they people like us, obviously in a different age and era, but they were normal people who just decided I want to worship the Lord. I want to surrender my life, to Lord. And the last example is actually Jesus. And Jesus' life his life was truly a life of worship. We know He was He was perfect in every in every sense, but He lived a life of worship until until the point of death. But we also see how Jesus sweats blood and he's at the point of, you know, Lord, if you really he knows he needs to be crucified, he know why, he knows why he needs to be crucified. But at the at even at that point he says, Lord, not my will but yours. Not my will but yours. But we see how Jesus is feeling overwhelmed. He knows he's gonna die for the sins of the world. He's gonna carry it upon his shoulders. But yet again, he says, Lord, not my will, but yours. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, some of us might even end up maybe one day in a persecuted country. And God might ask you, like, I want you to one day go into a nation and, and lay down your life for me. And those are the things that need to happen now in our hearts. That things, those things of worship need to start in our hearts right now. So that one day when God asks something in our, of us, we would be Lord, my life is a worship unto you. I want to worship you with everything in my life. So I'm going to end off... Oh, well, I want to give three practical points of, of how we can live this life of worship. But if there would be one dream that I would share with you guys that I, that I, believe, that I believe the Lord wants for us, is that imagine a group of people deciding, you know i want to worship the lord imagine a group of people every one of us deciding we want to worship god we want to lay down our lives for everything in the week we live faithful lives we love love everything every day every second we live a life unto worship everything we do imagine how sunday would look like imagine how we, imagine how would a sunday look like imagine how would community look like i don't know if you guys have ever been at the at the elders' meeting, but I have one time, Leonard got me into an elders' meeting, but I begged him, Leonard, I'll do anything. I'll wash the people's feet there. I'll I'll do anything just to be, and see what the elders are doing in their times of worship. And eventually he got me into A.V., in in A.V., what Yakima is doing. And I've never done it in my life, ever before. And obviously the Lord worked a lot of things in there. I remember the night before I put the church projector on our wall and I was... Doing the thing they're practicing and everything and i really i really wanted to be there but there is just something different of what i've experienced at that elders meeting but the question is why why is an elder's worship moment so much different than a normal meeting at church and i really believe that it's because of the people's hearts the people's hearts are devoted to the lord and uh, in fact, the last meeting that, was at, that I was at the elders' meeting, the Lord was actually stepping down elders because he was so, God was working in people's lives and He wanted to work in the elders' hearts. And I've never seen it in my life. And, I've, and I just think, you know, what would be a meeting of worship if every one of us devote our hearts to Jesus and live a life unto worship? How would this church service look like? Mm. Yes, sir. And people, people bringing things to light. Of, of Confessing and people crying, but people experiencing the love of Jesus like never before, um, yeah, so I really trust for that, and I want to encourage you. We can be there if we want to. we really can it 's not, it's not unlimited. If you make a decision today and say, "Lord, even if no one else does it around me, I choose to devote myself to you. I really believe our, our worship would look different, um, but I thought ending off just giving a three practical things out of my own life and I think a lot of we can we can get I can give you a lot of things out now what I think how we can actually practically live this life of worship out. but three things in my life that I've seen God doing in my own life and I'm applying it and I'm, I'm actually seeing the fruit of it so um, the first one is worship worship is a lifestyle um, the second one obviously second point, I didn't want to say that one That the best form of worship is obedient and the third thing is having a lot of worship, but the first one worship is a lifestyle um, Romans 12 verse 1 to 2 and it says I appeal to you, this is Paul speaking I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. If you want to worship God, if you truly want to please God and worship Him for who He is, the first thing is, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. And I really believe the scripture is speaking daily. It's actually saying daily, bring your lives before God. And there's actually a scripture that says that put on love daily, put on um, joy daily. But it's actually an action word of Every day we need to present our lives to God. Every day we need to say, Lord, I'm really not this for this day of living for you. I really want to go to the desires of my heart. But even in those times, Lord, I choose to worship you. I choose to lay down my life and present my life to you as a living sacrifice, and which is actually our spiritual worship. And Galatians 3 verse 23 says, whatever you do, Work heartily, as for the Lord, and not for men. Whatever you do, everything that you do, work heartily. It mustn't be just a thing that you understand with your mind or a thing that you know you should do, but it should be a hard thing. Work heartily, work heartily, as for the Lord, and not for men. So, the Bible says that everything that you do, do it unto the Lord. Something that God expects of us is that we would live a life unto worship. That everything that we do, every moment, every second, that we would say, Lord, we are doing this for you. We want to glorify you. A lifestyle of worship. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been part of a youth or, or um, really seen, but in love, I was quite privileged of when when you're on the youth and you start to see, people's life change and people's youthies start to give their lives to the Lord, a lot of times you would see the parents actually saying a lot, I know Hannah, that's actually in the church today, I know, I know. Um, I remember when Hannah um, joined our youth, this is such a good example actually, like when Hannah gave her life to the Lord and she um, joined our youth and lived for Jesus, her parents couldn't stop speaking about what God was doing in her life. And I really believe that, that even in her life, but in our lives also, that when we choose to live for God, people will see the love of Jesus. I, don't, I, I think we underestimate sometimes the power of the gospel in our lives. Uh, when we are living for Jesus, when we live the gospel out, we attract people. We are a light to the world. We show something to people that, that the world actually wants. The world hates it, but... We all need Jesus we all need we are created for him and i really believe that if we start to live like Anna, change the life change the heart people around her will start to ask questions and i'm i'm excited to see that in our lives even if we not a lot of people this is perfect we're more than we're more than the 12 disciples who changed the world for Jesus <laughs> you know we're more than that why can't we do it but it's this decision we need to make in our hearts And. Um, I remember just finishing off with my first point and finishing off with these two last ones. I remember when, and um, before, in grade eleven, in the beginning, when I came to Boys' Eye and starting to spend time with the guys and become friends. There was, which, like I told you, a bit of my testimony. Uh, a lot of these big guys, um, like living rough lives, and I remember this one friend specifically that um, gave his life to the lord after missing the ribbon dancing and everything i remember he was one of the he was he was actually known as a guy that he had a lot of guys in rugby and i remember a lot of times in he wasn't like the a team or anything we were all like the the chiefs and the daisy team the c and the d team where people are more chilled when it comes to rugby and playing around a bit more but he was known as someone who would usually hit people in the rock and would usually get offended very quickly. But guys, you should have seen, when that guy started giving his life to the Lord, it was amazing. The people, obviously, the guys were still taunting him. They were still like, they were, they were making fun of him because they knew what, what God was doing in his life. But every time he just, he started to make the decision constantly, I'm worshipping God, even in the rock, even in my Playing of rapping, and worshiping God, and so many people actually got saved after after what happened in his life. And I re, I even remember this one time, just so the guys were were really making fun of him, and he was he was a popular guy, and, and suddenly he gave his heart to the Lord and he lived for Jesus. But in halftime, I remember um, his his name his name was Quibus and I remember when Quibus when he used to. Um, after in the break time he came to me and said, you're so geek and I will let you out slaan, I irriteer my scrammy, you know who is a scrammy he's klein, he's windgat, I will not slaan, and I said, yeah, it's testimony, testimony <laughs> <laughs> he his testimony testimony, testimony, and he just, he just kept on living for Jesus and it changed people's perspective of him of how his lifestyle became a lifestyle of worship the second last thing um Oh wait, before I go to the second thing, I just want to encourage you that if you start to make difficult decisions in your life, whether it's looking after yourself better or brushing your teeth more, I know my wife is looking at me because she knows what's been going on in my life, making my my bed up daily, making coffee for her, and... And starting to make big decisions in my life or small things in my life that I just wanna get right because of what the Lord has done in my life. I wanna I wanna encourage you, I wanna challenge you. Start to make the decisions in your life of inlining yourself onto worship unto the Lord and do these things of the Lord and look how your worship would be on a Sunday. I wanna challenge you. Those difficult decisions you want to make in your life, those difficult things that you know you should change. Start making those decisions and see how you will start to experience God and start to see in His life. I I know you, Leonard, said that when he gave his life to the Lord, he started writing better, actually, and more professionally. And and that's a good example that when Jesus comes to life, He's changed things in our life, but there's a sense of we need to act, act. We need to present our lives to God. We need to do things unto the Lord and live for Him. The second last thing is the best way of worship is obedience if you want to know what god's love language is that is obedience god loves obedience and we actually see in one samuel it says where it says that obedience is more important than sacrifice to god you being obedient before even knowing you know you can actually sacrifice this thing you know you should actually do this thing but a quiet time is a good example. Let's say you, you know you should spend time with the Lord, but oh, I'm going to sacrifice this thing. I'm going to do it a bit later. If you decide in that moment, and this is a, a cool challenge actually, today. if you decide in that moment, Lord, I'm going to do it out of obedience. Just see, what, see how your worship time will look after God. After a week, just give it a week. And start making those decisions. And I remember in my own life, making those decisions and still making those decisions of I'm going to obey the Lord. It's His love language. It touches His heart. And I experience the Lord like never before. And even sometimes I've experienced my times with the Lord even more than on a Sunday and even more on a, at a community. And at the times in my, in my time with the Lord is even more of His presence than I would experience in church. And I really want to encourage you guys every second, every moment Bring your life to God, as a, as a worship unto Him. Um, and the Bible is actually, the Bible is a good example of, of worship. Um, Leonard explained it very well the other day, of the Bible is a mirror. And that it actually, when we look into it, we see where the Lord is, and we see where we are. And we know there's a gap in between, and the Lord wants to come and do th- something. But we need to do a, something about it as well. We need, to, we need to bring our lives to Him, and let Him change our lives and i believe really if you if you start to see what god's heart is about worship unto him and, and, and obedience unto him i really i really trust and i really encourage you that 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 when the bible when the bible says you know re- repent and be baptized or if the bible says jump up and down and lift your hands in prayer. whatever the Bible says. The Bible says, repent and be baptized. Then we repent and be baptized. If the Bible says it, we do it. And that's obedience. That's truly knowing that the Lord has given His Word. It's god breath. He's given to us as a tool to worship Him and obey Him. And that our lives would truly be a life of obedience. And that's a beautiful form of worship unto God. Um, you know, and I think... A good example of obedience, and we actually don't see a lot of this, Jesus, I never see in the Bible where Jesus sings and prays to the Lord. Have you guys ever seen that? I don't really see a lot of examples where, well, not actually a lot, where Jesus worships the Lord and He dances up and down. Jesus lived a life of obedience. Every day was a life unto God, was a life, was a gift from God, and He knew He wanted to use it well. Um, and the last one is a, a change that we need to make as we need to change the heart posture of our worship um, unto God and that, that's an important practical point point. and in John 4 um, in John 4 verse 21 it says Jesus um, is it John 4 Yeah. Jesus said to her woman believe me and in truth and I really believe by ending of tonight that if we decide to worship God in spirit and in truth in spirit meaning being born again giving our lives to the Lord and living a spiritual worship unto God and worshiping spirit and in truth and in truth worshiping Jesus for he is he is the way the truth and the life if we worship him with spirit and in truth I think things start things will start to change in our lives and things will start looking different in our lives And God is saying, he's looking for people, he's looking for a generation, he's looking for hearts that would worship him, in spirit and in truth. And I think a lot of times, as we said now with truth, that we worship Jesus for who he is, that he is the truth. A lot of times we want to shape and we want to put Jesus in a box, the Jesus that we like. But if we're not going to worship Jesus for who he is, we actually are going to miss out. We're going to miss out for what He wants to show about Himself to us. And what He wants to do in our lives. And I want to end off with this with this um, example. I just want to see if I have any other notes. No notes. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember a story that we heard. We were a bunch of guys. Um, my first year after school. And we were listening to a lady. She's a Muslim lady. And she... Um, she grew up in iran which is there you get really persecuted because people christians are being killed there in iran and this lady shares a story she's in her 40s but she shares when the first time she encountered jesus and 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 i don't i don't think a lot while she said in iran there's not really a lot of people that come there often to share about jesus um so that not, not not a lot of people know about jesus So when you're muslim um, the really only way you actually experience jesus is a lot of times when jesus comes in show himself to you and this one night she she's grown up as a muslim lady she's everything she knows is is, is the traditions of what they do and this one night she's in her room um and she and um, the she closed she said her door was closed the windows was closed everything but closed and she dreamed that night of how she's walking on a ground road and this man is standing in front of him, in front of her, and she experiences this love like she never experienced before. And she um, she explains this person of um, of having a white robe and fire in his eyes, and, and and she wakes up and she she's overwhelmed by this. She's never experienced this in her life. And the following night she sleeps again and she dreams the same dream again. And she sees, her, obviously she sees Jesus and she experiences Jesus. And while she was sleeping, and I don't know if you guys ever, you sleep, but you kind of awake. You're a little bit aware of what's going on around you. And as she dreams this dream, she feels how like someone is putting her hand under her pillow. And she wakes up, um, the, the windows are, open, are closed, the door is closed, no one is there. And she, as she takes her hand out of, the, out of the pillow, she gets a golden key. Out of blue. She doesn't know where it comes from. Muslim ladies. She's not used to it. She's experiencing this man. That she's never experienced this before. And this love she's never experienced before. And from that day on. She decided that she wants to follow this person. And she's never ever experienced it before. But she wants more of it. And I remember how she told her. She gave up a, 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 everything that she wants um, in her life. The husband that her parents prepared for everything. And eventually they... They got rid of her out of her house, her own family, and basically told her to leave. And that's how she came to South Africa and shared the story to us. And the one thing that I can tell you guys about her life, and I remember that her love for Jesus and her passion for Jesus showed something of, of who He is. And it's because she had an encounter with Him. An encounter with the man with the white robe and the fire His eyes. And it's just nothing like we've ever experienced before. And I trust that tonight, and as we close our eyes, I really trust that we would have a new, fresh revelation of who Jesus is. And that we would decide from today, Lord, we want to worship you. We want to experience your life more. We want more of who you are. So let's close our eyes just quickly. And I want to, maybe Nick, you can, you can just talk for us there. But I want you, when you, as your eyes are closed, if you are here tonight and you know that the Lord is, is speaking to you right now, you know that the Lord is touching on your heart, whether you have goosebumps or not, but you know but you know this is applicable to your life. That the Lord is calling you to live a life of worship unto Him. I want to say to you, no one is no, it's not about the person next to you. It's not about it's not about any one of us. It's between you and Jesus. And if you decide today, Lord, I want to become a true worshiper, a worshipper that would worship you in spirit and in truth. I just want you where you are, just to raise your hand. It's just between you and the Lord. Just raise up your hand where you are. And this is, this is not a salvation altar call. It's whether you're, you've given your life to Jesus or not. But if you feel the Lord is laying on your heart, that you should live a different life for Him. Where you are right now, thank you for the hands, but I want you where you are right now, I want you to start to say that thing to Jesus. Tell Him, Lord, I want to change my life for you. I want to live a life for of worship unto you it's between you and jesus right now not about anyone else
1: i'm just also going to pray for us but you can keep your eyes closed lord we that i just thank you for um yeah lord for for all of like i feel convicted lord that i want to come to a place of worshiping you even more lord and i I'm trusting that as as we are sitting here, Lord, that that would be the the, the desire of all of our hearts, Lord. Um, that we want to be worshippers that worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord. We want to not only sing songs on a Sunday, but we want to live lives of sacrifice, lives of obedience, lives where that are totally laid down for you, God. We want to lay those type, uh, live those types of lives, Lord. And Lord, I pray for each of us sitting here, Lord, that as we Lord, as we grow out from you, God, that we would um, yeah, Lord, that we would bring our lives before you, Lord, that we would not only sing songs as I said, Lord, but that we would really bring, lay our lives down before you every single day, God. We want to see more of you, we want you to come and change and transform us, Lord. We have that desire, God. Yes, Lord. Okay. Amen. Amen. Right. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Keaton. Yeah, it was so it was so lucky hearing from him. It's so cool. Um, so, Geeton lives in the apartments where we used to live, and so one of the guys said to me that uh, the people that live below them. I don't know if you know, this, even Sean Sean said to me that people that live below they re- bumped into other other friends of ours that live there and said. What, what are those people upstairs doing it feel, it sounds like every morning they're doing jumping ropes it's skipping. A s- skip, skipping. skipping ropes yeah what do you call it skipping let those spring and Sean said I don't think it's that I think Ethan is worshipping in the hours <laughs> so, so he's jumping up and down he's not actually exercising he's just worshipping so it really is something that he that he lives um, which is great and it's, it's so cool when you share out of a place of something that you live and that. That you really are passionate about. So thank you Geeton. We could see that you are really passionate about it. So yeah we, we are going to end off the evening now. But I do want to say. If you want prayer for anything. Or just in general with what Keaton spoke about. Come to him afterwards. Come let him pray for you. And if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. We also want to pray for you. So come to me or come to Geetan. And we would, um, we would love to pray for you for that. Okay. So amen. Amen. Alright. Amen. amen. All right. amen. Yes, there's ice cream if you're new yet. Well, not only if you're new, if you want to come hang out, please come. It's a great time to get to know each other.